0: Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I will be reading from two combined texts that are related to each other. Uh, last week we started on "Glory Has a Price," Part One. Going to do a about five minute recap on that, just the main points of that, and then we will launch into "Glory Has a Price." Part two, glory has a prize. How many of you are looking to God for glory? You want more glory you want you, 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 you want to be able to walk into places and have the glory what is in you affect people kind of uh better than being a police officer that 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 people around you not just fear the God in you, but they honor the God on you and in you and don't even know why they're doing it. You don't have a badge. You don't have a uniform on in the physical, but you have both in the spiritual. And that it, it coalesces, it pulls respect into you. People begin to respect. They don't know why, but they respect. And you know because it's the God in you. If you would, turn with me to our first passage passage of scripture. Acts 7.55. Acts 7 and 55. But he being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into the heavens and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Verse 56. And said, look, I see heaven, Opening or opened, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Look, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. You go to Numbers, book of Numbers, our second portion, Numbers chapter 15, verses 30 through 36. But the person who does not, who does anything presumptuously whether he is native born or a stranger that one brings reproach on the Lord and he shall be cut off from among his people because he has despised the word of the Lord and has broken his commandment, that person shall be completely cut off. His guilt shall be upon him. Now while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man gathering sticks on the Sabbath day. And those who found him gathering sticks brought him to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation They put him on the guard because he had not been explained what should be done to him. Then the Lord said to Moses, the man must surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him or shall stone him with stones outside of the camp. So as the Lord commanded, Moses and all the congregation brought him outside the camp, stoned him with stones, and he died. Seems pretty harsh. But it goes back to instructions, very clear instructions that God had given. And the reason I read Numbers was because I want you to understand that When you walk just under the law, first of all, you'll never be able to show the kind of empathy that is God-filled. Don't expect the world to be very kind. Don't walk around as a believer expecting unsafe folk to not treat you out of the way sometimes but you have to understand that the glory of God is on you and in you and even when you are treated with ill reproach God will give you grace to go through got to understand that so it is not about what you're going through it's, a, it's always going to be for you and I about who is taking us through. You remember the three Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace? That they heated it up about seven times hotter than usual. And even the people that were about to cast them into the fire fell dead right outside of the door. But the three Hebrew boys as they walked in. They walked into the presence of God that was already there providing grace and mercy. So it took those that were standing, the king, a while to realize that there was a fourth man in there. But inside, I believe they knew. They were walking into the presence. The presence of God wasn't going to come after they got in. The presence of God was in the fire before they got there. And you and I have to know that before tragedy, before issues, before things come up that are meant to harm you, even destroy you physically, that God has already been waiting in the calamity, in the fire in the squeeze, in the press, for you. Hallelujah. I want to focus just a little bit on the life of Stephen. I don't think we have enough time to recap, but I'm going to give you, we talked last week about Abraham, and the word identifies Abraham as a friend of God. A friend of God. Now you've got to understand. If you are called a friend of God. And God speaks to you face to face like he did with Abraham. That's the good side. That's the happy side. That's the side that if you don't watch out you can boast about. And become proud about. But beware. Because there's another side to that. For whom much is given, much is required. And if you think that the world is any different, here's the only difference. That the adversary always asks for more than you give or you're willing to give. Let me say that again. The adversary is always going to ask for more than you are willing to give. And if God is not in your life and controlling your movement, you will end up giving him more than you bargained for every time. We talked about Abraham moving away from his family, a family that was heathenistic in their worship. His father, Tara, was a moon worshiper. And God calls him out and says, leave your family and leave everything that your father, the wealth, the possession that your father has accumulated. The things that will one day become yours. Leave it all and just follow where I'm directing you. I'm not telling you where I'm going to take you, but I just want you to follow. And he obeyed. I, I, I wish I knew why someone or how Someone that was brought up in a non-God environment, a non-Jehovah environment, would hear God speak to him for the first time and just listen. But he did, and I am so grateful. And as he moved along, there were three things that I mentioned last week that I want you to take, make sure that you've got it. Because at a certain point, God gave him the ultimate test. Remember what we're saying? Glory has a price. You want the glory of God to be on you? You want the glow to come out? It has a price. And God said, I want you to sacrifice your own son. This is the son that you waited for, that you prayed for, your wife begged me for, and couldn't have. And now that she's 90 and you're 99, I'm going to give him to you. And then as that son comes, that miracle baby that they've always been asking for, God turns back a later, little later down the road and says, Now I want you to give back to me what I gave to you that you prayed and cried for. And what we saw that astonished us was the fact that he did not even question God <laughs> he got up the next day after God said that and just said son let's go he picked up the wood he got them packed on the donkeys, he got everything that was needed for the sacrifice of his son and just left with two servants and because his heart was right before when they got to the place where God had told them to go before he ever got to a position, we said last week, where the sword, the knife, could not be stopped, God stopped him. You need to go back and read about that in, uh, in the story that we're talking about in Genesis, Genesis 22. That all of my life, I've heard the story that, that God stopped the knife. But God didn't stop the knife, God stopped him. That even before he got to the place of no return, physically bringing down that knife into his son's chest, that God knew, knew that his heart was completely committed. So God did not have to wait until the actual knife was at a place of no return. Does God know your heart this morning? Does God really know your heart? Yes. Do you and I really and truly understand that God knows our heart completely? We say we do, but quite often we don't behave like we do. So, going, taking that and just transitioning to today, I haven't really started yet, but we're gonna start right now. Stephen, Hmm. is about to be stoned and he's stoned because of the same thing that every person under the law in numbers would be stoned for was called blaspheming against God. I want you to notice that he was not blaspheming but they called it blasphemy. Just trying to find a way to get rid of him. We're starting slow, but we're going to build some momentum in a minute. Acts 6 and 5 introduces Stephen for the very first time. For the very first time. The apostles, if you go back to Acts 6, maybe verses 4 or 3, the apostles are looking for men who would serve the ministry in non-preaching areas, taking care of the widows, making sure that those who were poor and in need would be able to get care. And as they looked out in the congregation, the very first name that pops up is Stephen. So we hear about him for the very first time when he is chosen to be what we would today call the, the head of the deacon board. It's the very first deacon. And they say historically that he was chosen because he was the most elder of all of those that were chosen. We don't know that for sure. But what we do know is that he was chosen for two reasons. He was a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. He was chosen because he was a man full of faith and the Holy Ghost. I want to add something to that that they have not clearly mentioned and that is when we talk about him being a man full of faith it was a two part He was full of faith in that he trusted what God said implicitly, completely, without question. But he was also a man that was faithful, not just to believe what God said, but faithful to do what God said. He was a man full of faith and faithfulness, and he was filled with the Holy Ghost. It is noteworthy that there have been people like this, faithful folks in in every church that is filled with God chasers. Every church. Believers who love, whose love and commitment for God shines through so greatly that others, wherever they go, see it. Nothing else is known about Stephen. We don't know his parents. We don't know any of his siblings. We don't know uh, uh, whether he had a wife or children. We don't know anything else about Stephen except that he was a man full of faith and faithfulness. And filled with the Holy Ghost. Remember that we're talking today about glory has a price. Glory has a price. As we move on, I want to zero in on faith and faithfulness. I have grown up in church, I'm a PK, and for a long time, I wanted nothing to do with ministry. Into my teenage years, into my young adult years, I really did not want anything to do with ministry, and here is why. That every time I looked at the life of my parents and looked at the sacrifice that they were making for God's work and God's people based on what they were teaching us. And I saw it in the Bible. It always felt that they were doing too much for folk. that the same people that my dad would spend hours and hours counseling were the same ones that didn't listen to what he said and got divorced. The same people that would ask him to pray and fast for a child that was unsaved and needed God were the same people that would pick the phone up and cuss their child out because of something or another. And it always felt as though the ones that would not stay were the ones that they spent the most times with. The ones that wouldn't listen were the ones that they would invest the most in. And I kept saying, "This is not what I want for my life." I want to be appreciated. I want to be honored for for the good that I do. I want to be recognized sometimes. I don't want that. But the more I said no, the more God grabbed the whole of my heart. And now I'm at a place where I'm beginning to understand how awesome it is for Stephen to suddenly pop up on the scene and be called a man full of faith and faithfulness and filled with the Holy Ghost. I said it as we went over our values and I shared the vision that I was looking. I long for a church, a family church where the glory of God Shines most transparently out of people through faithfulness and accountability. How many of you are searching, you are longing for a place and a people and a church that you don't have to search for those who are faithful and accountable? That everywhere you look, you find them that they are ready to pray. Not, I will pray for you, but let me pray right now. Not, I will ask God about taking care of your need, but they're right there saying, I don't have a lot, but this is what I got. And I've said I long for a church. I long to be a part of a family. I long to be a part of a church body that as in its DNA, one of the things is such a commitment and love for God that you are not like a broken tooth that doesn't really hurt until you bite down. And then you realize you can't depend on them. That the word is not their bond. One of the first things that I changed about me after God started pushing me into this, be faithful and be accountable, you're representing me everywhere you go, was when I started going out to eat as a young married guy, my family. There were times when there was no money and other times, so we couldn't go at all. And then there were other times, and somebody will know this, when you got just enough money to pay for the meal at Golden Koran. No tip included. And I remember very vividly after service about how we treat God and how we treat faithfulness and how we treat, how we represent him in the marketplace. I came home and had a conversation with my family and we decided that if we were ever short on or low on cash and we knew that we would go out to eat but not be able to leave a tip because what we do reflects on the God in us that we would just stay home. We would just go to a drive-through. It took a little while to work that into our DNA. But after a while, we got into rhythm. If I can't bless the waiter, if I can't represent God before this person that is serving me by honoring what they're doing, then I don't need to put God in that position. And so Stephen here is caught In a vortex of having to represent God authentically, faithfully. At the same time, knowing that people around him are not very accepting of what God is saying through his life. I'm trying to be. directed this morning he was faithful Stephen continued in loyalty and commitment to the cause of Jesus and Jesus Christ but in case you are thinking that that's something that was not set or preset by Jesus himself Paul the Apostle says this about Jesus so Before we even get to a place where we begin to look at Stephen and how he represented Jesus, how he represented the cross, how he represented salvation and the word of God to the point of death. You got to understand that it was it was sown into his DNA by the apostle Paul and those that were before him. I mean, not the Apostle Paul, but the, the other disciples that were there with him. Listen to this in Philippians 2 and 6. This is Paul the Apostle talking about Jesus. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. I want you to see this. Verse 7 but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. What are we talking about? Faithfulness and accountability being filled with the Holy Ghost. And this is what we hear the Apostle Paul saying about Jesus. And after being, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every other name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. I said every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. But that's Jesus. That's Jesus. I expect that from Jesus. He set the example. He's sinless. So I said God Outside of Stephen, there's so many others. Give me another one right here. And God said, well, look at what Paul said himself. Look at Philippians 3. And this is Paul talking. That I may know him. In the power of his resurrection... And the fellowship of his suffering. It's easy to read until you start thinking about it. That here we have someone that you just know when you begin to dissect this. That he must, he might end up dead too for what he's standing for. Being conformed to his death. That I may know Jesus and the power of his resurrection. The power that, that caused him to get up from the grave. But, but I don't just want his power. I want to fellowship With his suffering. Whoever wants to fellowship with suffering. Even if you're willing. You don't say it. You don't advertise it. But here the apostle Paul says. This is how much I value. The glory of God in me. That I understand God's presence. In me has a price. And that price means that I have to be not just verbally willing. But spiritually and emotionally willing to say. I want to know Jesus. Not just in his power. But but I want to have fellowship with the kind of suffering that he went through. Even being conformed to suffering that leads to death. Can I say that there is a connection between our unwillingness to embrace suffering with joy and the absence of glory in our lives? That the reason Jesus was seated on the right hand of the father was because he was willing to embrace suffering. That the reason Paul the apostle could say this and at the end of his life say, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I know that there is something great laid up for me. The book of Acts, starting from verse chapter seven, records Stephen's testimony. So we find him being pulled out from the congregation. He was operating as a man of God. He was faithful and showed great faith in believing what God's word said, but he was also filled with the Holy Ghost. And he has an opportunity To testify about what Jesus has done for him. He has an opportunity to tell folk that the only way out is through Jesus. And he doesn't hold back. Understanding very clearly that this will cost him a lot. This will cost him even his life. And it did. This testimony that he gave in Acts chapter 7 is probably the most detailed and concise history of Israel and their relationship to God of any scripture passage. Stephen was not concerned about his earthly existence. He was determined instead to stand firmly on the side of Jesus Christ. No matter the consequence, God inspired him to speak boldly and righteously, accusing Israel, his own people, of failure to recognize Jesus as Messiah. I want to say this morning that if you are asking God for glory Father I want glory. I want your anointing to come on me. You have to walk into this this morning understanding that there's a price to be paid for every bit of that glory. There's a price to be paid for every bit of that glory I'm tired of the church brushing over the fact that suffering is a part of glory that you have to have the gut and the grit to hold on I saw a picture that I I was probably 18 when I saw this picture of a person Standing with a rope around their waist and the other end of the rope was tied to the cross that was solidly planted and there was a, 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 a rush of water, a wave coming over and it went over the cross right through the person and swept everything else away but he was kept stable because he had a rope tied to the cross. If you and I, and this is, I'm trying very desperately not to become very emotional today. To just implore you, to beg you, to press in to God, speak to God. Pray without ceasing. What does that mean? I've said it before. Develop a regular prayer life. Ask God to get closer to you. Okay. We are not told about the prayer life of many of the apostles including the Apostle Paul in detail but we have an idea that they spent an enormous amount of time with God we don't have specifics like Daniel where the word said Daniel prayed three times a day you know what I'm beginning to find out pastor on that there is a connection between the amount of time I spend in deliberate consultation with God and his voice in my ear. That there, God is always speaking. Oh my God, somebody's gonna get this. God never stops speaking. God is always speaking. John 1.1. 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. and The word was with God. And the word was God. And the word was in the beginning with God. And the same word came and became flesh. And dwelt among us. That Logos. And Ramah. Have continuously spoken to us. Through Jesus himself. Through the Holy Spirit. Through the word that we read. But the only way to gain confidence and commitment and accountability which results in the manifestation of the glory of God in our lives is to get closer to him, that our ears become more sensitive to what he's saying, that our vision becomes more keen to where he's pointing that our, our feelers become so sensitive to the presence of both good and evil around us. So that we know when to back away and when to walk in. That comes with time spent with God in faithful communion. I said on Wednesday night as we broke this down, so all of this stuff is just encouraging. I try to be just very, very encouraging on a Sunday morning setting, but we dig into more specifics on Wednesdays, and that's fine. But here's a specific that I've said before that that I cannot move away from, and it is connected to what Stephen held on to as he testified against The behavior of these so-called religious folk that God did not like, God did not accept that he wished that they were hot or cold, but because they were just speaking stuff. They were just into religiosity, but their, their lives were as cold as a frozen brick. He said, man, just, just make it plain that you're cold. Just, just let, don't, don't, don't look like you're hot, but you're really lukewarm. Just, just be on the side. Because what I want to do with you is so ginormous. It's so beyond what you could think or ask or desire. That you have to sell out completely. And when you do that. There are things that you will lose along the way. That God will replace further down the road. Let me say this again. There are things that you will lose along the way. That God will replace Bigger, better, greater down the road. Stephen lost his life because as he began to tell them what God's word said about their behavior, they got upset. Accused him of blaspheming against God. And ended up stoning him to death. The reason I read the text that I did in that as he was being stoned, his attitude was that of worship. His attitude was that of, of, listen, you're just just beating up on something that was going to die anyway. (sighs) If you are a believer, you got to, God has been hitting me with this. You've got to have a mentality that this is not supposed to last long. That this is not supposed to be handsome forever. That this is not supposed to be beautiful. That this is nothing compared to the beauty that I have prepared for you. And so you've got to go into this thing, understanding that at any moment, at any time, I could be called upon. I could be called upon. I've mentioned the book, The Martyrs of the Catacombs, which detail a lot of what Christians in the Roman context of Christianity had to go through. That is not mentioned in the world, but in in the Bible, but given historical facts on how they were treated in that book and it talks about some of the things that they they were challenged to do. I don't want to go through those things but I want my heart to be ready to go through anything like Abraham's heart. Where they would put Christians between two horses and they would say All you have to do is renounce Jesus as Messiah. That's all you got to do. All you've got to do is renounce Jesus as Messiah. And we'll take the chains off. And they would stand there and they would say, for God we live and for God we die. That they would be put in chains chained up in the air and pulled up on a pulley and dangling over an entire barrel of boiling oil and all you had to do was renounce the cause of Christ but they wanted the glory of God they embraced the glory of God they embrace the greater glory. If you're here this morning, if you're listening to me online and you are intent on possessing glory that comes from what you do in this world alone. And you don't understand that this life, this stuff, all of this that we are experiencing, is fleeting. Yes. That there is more. That there is more. Mom, I'm beginning to understand there's more. God says, eyes have not seen. Nobody has heard about it. It has not even entered into the mind of a man yet. The things that I have prepared for you. I'm now beginning to get glimpse of what Paul means when he says to be absent from this body. It's to be present in glory, to understand what it means to be truly lit up, to be truly shining, to be truly radiant. We will never be that here but we can start the process. You will never come into your brightest, shining moment here, but you can embrace the process. And for many of us, the process will end up as sacrificial dying. May not be physical all the time. Most of the time for us it's not. In America, no. But it will be dying when you are in an atmosphere where you are pressed to stand up for God. And because there's 20 folks that don't like God, that are atheists, that don't believe in God, you decide to keep silent and keep your faith to yourself when God is saying, die! Die. Glory has a price. Glory has a price. This morning, I'm inviting you to participate in glory. Can I ask Jordan, if you can just hold If you can just start that background that I asked Steph to play. There's a glory that God wants to release. There's an anointing that God wants to release in each of our lives that causes the adversary to, causes you to demand the respect of the adversary. All of this stuff about glory, having a price, started weeks and weeks ago when Pastor Ron read from Joshua. I believe it was four. The beginning of Joshua, Joshua 1, God tells them that they are about to cross over Jordan. I'm about to release you into the process of promised land but I want you to sanctify yourselves, consecrate yourselves. So that's the first thing I'm asking you to do. Consecrate yourself this morning. We're going to take communion, but I'm asking you to consecrate yourself. I want you to understand that there's glory, there is glory, there's glory, but it has a price. And something will die in the process. For some of us, Greed will die. For some of us, unkindness has to die. For some of us, unacc- unaccountability has to die. For some of us, faithlessness. Meaning you don't trust God, you stalk it, but you're not doing it. For others, it's just not being Faithful. You think it's nothing to not be in fellowship for weeks at a time. That you're not watching online, you're not in person, and you just think, God will love me anyway. And he does. But you're missing, you're missing out on glory. You're missing out on glory. You're missing out on glory this morning. You're missing out on glory. I'm inviting you to press into glory. Consecrate yourselves. Consecrate yourselves. Here's why he said that. Because once they had crossed over Jordan, the next requirement was to set up stones of memorial that reminded them of what God had already done and what he was going to do. Do you understand that God has something special that he wants to release in your life? That the pain that you go through the stress that you go through has nothing on the glory that God is wanting to release in you. In Joshua 40 told them to build, take the ark, put the ark of the covenant together. And he said something that we have been rallying on. He said, when you take the the ark with you, the built ark, and you're moving it out across Jordan. So it was built, Moses was given the instruction, the ark is built now, they're taking the ark across on the Joshua's leadership. He said, nobody should be within 2,000 cubits of the ark where the glory of God resided. And I said to us in Bible study, that was about half a mile. It was so far away that you couldn't even see the ark. But you could feel the glory. Because if you got too close, bad things would happen. Because he said, don't get, unless you're a priest, don't get more than 3,000 feet. And we pressed into that and have been pressing into it. If that was the criteria, that was the instruction for the physical ark, an inanimate object, and now you are the ark. Jesus came, died, the price was paid, he released the Holy Spirit. The same power that was in the ark of the covenant has now been released to not just be on you, but in you. Can you look at your life this morning? You're online, you're listening. Would you look at your life and think about how much the adversary has been stealing land from your life? That God wants you to step into the glory that he has already given, the authority that he has already given, and command the adversary to stand back From you and your life and your children and your home and your finances and your stuff. Stand far away, devil. You can do all that you want to do, but do it over there. If he's so close that you are constantly seeing him do physical damage to you, he's gotten too close. Pray with me. Pray with me. Holy Spirit, we release ourselves to you. We invite you to take over. Anything in us that is not like you, Cut it out. Clip it off. Let nothing hinder your glory upon our lives. Father, we ask forgiveness for any iniquity, any rebellion, any rejection of your word. that causes you sadness. We relinquish leadership, Lord, to you. We consecrate ourselves and we ask you to wash us and purify us and get us ready for our promised land. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me and get your emblems out? The night before Jesus went to the cross, he took the time sitting with his disciples. And he encouraged them. He said, I'm going to the cross. But I'm going to institute something that causes you to remember constantly what I am going to be doing. I'm setting the template so that you can follow. I'm laying my life down when I don't have to because I want you to know how much I love you said as often as you do this you celebrate what i am teaching you what i'm telling you what i'm sharing with you i want you to remember the blood that was shed for you i want you to remember my body that was pierced to give you freedom would you take the We for our, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we consecrate ourselves, lifted before God. We consecrate ourselves. We consecrate ourselves. We consecrate ourselves. We consecrate ourselves. ourselves. We're not perfect, but you are perfect in us. We consecrate ourselves. We celebrate healing in our own bodies. We celebrate healing in our minds and emotions. We celebrate healing in our circumstance. We celebrate healing that comes only from you. And we thank you for your blood that washes white as snow. Be glorified as we celebrate with these emblems that represent the work you did to give us access to the glory and the power and the authority released through the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. you eat with me the wafer that represents his body that was given for us? Eat. If you can open up your glass. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The juice that represents his blood that was shed for us on Calvary. Would you drink with me? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would you put your cups down and just... We will end in just some high worship to God. Those of you who know me, I love to preach with one, two, three, four points. But today, God just had me all over the place almost just trying to press and impress on everyone how much he wants to give us that we don't understand. So I beg you, lift your hands with me and just say, God, whatever you've got for me, I want it. Whatever you've got for me, I want it. I want it. Whatever you've got for me, I want it. I want it. I need it. Tell him, I need it. I need more grace. I need more mercy. I need more strength. I need more vision. I need it, God, I need it. I need it. I need you. I need you every hour. Every hour I need you. Bless me now, Savior. I come to you. I need you, oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. Every hour we need you, Lord. Father, as your children are about to leave this place, This place we call Sanctuary for Worship Physically. We are so excited and happy that you are going with us. That we are now the sanctuary. We are now the place where you can dwell. And today we welcome you to dwell within us. Dwell within us. Dwell within us. Whatever is in our sanctuary that does not attract you, take it away. Because we need to be your light, oh God. We have a deep, burning desire to represent you in the marketplace. Thank you for your goodness in our lives. Thank you for your blessing in our lives. Thank you for your peace that passes all understanding. Take glory and honor for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you will do in the future. In the name of Jesus, we pray and all of God's children say, amen amen god bless you god bless you each one of you we've got uh some friends uh please don't leave our sanctuary without finding the friends that we've got brother Nehemiah's uh family with him uh on here. i mean is that daughter or your daughter and her husband god bless you uh we welcome you thank you so much any other visitors that are here please God is delivering us from COVID. I want you to be more free with your greeting with each other. God bless you. Thank you for being here. If this is your first time, make sure that we have all of your information so that we can connect you to everything that our church is doing. God bless you.